This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Harvest Church, it's such an honor to be with you today. Uh, all the way from the land of the hobbits, we're still from, we're still from the land of the hobbits via Sacramento. And it's so amazing to be able to connect with you over the internet. This is new for me too. And uh, so let's stand up together. We've got a brand new album out. And uh, I believe it's really important for God's people, all of us, not to forget what Jesus has done for all of us. We have been liberated through the precious blood of Jesus. We are free from the world. We are free from the systems around us. We are free from sickness and sin and shame and guilt. Jesus has made us whole. And so I've got a brand new album out. Uh, and the first song I want to share with you talks about the liberation of what he's done for all of us. And it's so important to remind ourselves of what he's done because the enemy's out there. He wants to distract us and to rob us from the blessing of being free. Everyone say, I'm free. Say, I'm free. Say, I've been liberated. Are you ready to sing with me? You guys are beautiful. So good to be here. Come on. I brought my band with me. been liberated come on sing it heaven rescued me sing it out i've been liberated no longer a slave i'm free out of the desert into the river jesus you're my savior i've been liberated so wonderful Sounding great. I can feel it in my bones, they're dancing. I can feel it in my heart, it's a racing. I can feel it in the air, I'm breathing. I am alive, I am free. I can feel it in my bones, they're dancing. I can feel it in my heart, it's a racing. I can feel it in the air, I'm breathing. I am alive. I am free I've been liberated By indescribable love I've been liberated And I didn't earn it I don't deserve it Out of the desert into the river Jesus, you're my Savior I've been liberated, so wonderful. The earth shook, the walls came tumbling down. I am free, free indeed. Sounding great out there, come on. The chains broke, the doors swing open. I am free, free indeed. That's great. Come on. I can feel it in my bones, they're dancing. I can feel it in my heart, it's racing. 
God, we thank you today. We thank you today that we are free. We are, we are free. We are free. We are free from the curse of sin and death in our lives. We are free from the darkness that would surround us. No more fear, no more sorrow, no more guilt. No more pain and no more shame. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are with us today. We worship and adore you. Let the, let, the, let the liberation of heaven, let it be seen, let it be heard, let it be felt as we, the body of Christ, are not retreating, but we're moving forward to be a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. You can have a seat for just a moment. I'm going to sing another song after. But I want to get into the Word today because I believe God's got something He wants to share with you. And so, uh, my wife and I have been, have been traveling all over this, this globe as a married couple for 22 years. Uh, 16 as a married couple. And we've had the privilege of being witnesses for Jesus in all that time. And, and our passion, our passion is still the same today. We're still as passionate as what we were when we first began. I pray, no matter where you are seated, whether you're in bed, whether you're, whether you're on the bathroom, you might be on the toilet. I hope you're not on the toilet, but you might be. You might be. I pray that today you're as passionate as ever to be a witness for Jesus. When I was 16 years of age, God touched me in a powerful way. Up until the age of 16, my whole life revolved around sport. And, and I thought I'd be a pro athlete, but thank God for a praying mama. How many know that, that prayer can change the course and direction of a person's entire life? Prayer changes things. And so, uh, so when I turned 16, like overnight, my, my desire for sport went out the door, and I had a passion, and I desired to know God personally. I'd heard about God. I'd seen the things that God did, but I wanted to know him personally. And so I put the cricket bat, the rugby ball in the closet, and I began to pace my room up and down. God, I've heard about you. God, I've seen the things you do, but I want to know you personally. How many know that God 
is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Two weeks passes without a goosebump, but then suddenly this presence comes into my bedroom. I fall on my face, and it was like this electrical current begins to surge through me, and I began to weep and weep like a baby. And all I can tell you is this, is that the young man that stood up was different from the one that went down, and all I wanted to do was tell the world about Jesus. We didn't come from monkeys. We didn't evolve over time, but we were made in the image and likeness of God. Amen. And so in, in my bedroom, I was like a roaring lion. I was bold. I had courage. But every time I went to step out to share my experience with anybody, I went from a, being a roaring lion to this skinny little kitty cat. Why? Well, as a young boy, I had a problem. I couldn't speak clearly. I stammered. I stuttered. And so I was fearful of what people would think of me if I came to them and I began to share my experience with a real God, I was fearful of what they would think of me. How I overcame my problem is I believe the same way all of us listening here today, you listening out there today, can overcome the, the, the things that seem to be giants in your land. We all have giants. You may not be a stammerer. You may not be a stutterer. But all of us here today have something that wants to try to stop us from being the witness that God has called us to be. How I overcame my problem was the same way I believe today. You can overcome every giant that you're facing. And that is this. The more time I spent with God, the more time I spent in His presence, the more time I spent in His Word, His love in me for people became stronger than my fear of what anybody would think of me. The more time I spent with him, the more he filled me with his love. The more time I spent in his word, the more he washed me from my fear. Until one day, his love in me for people was stronger than my fear of what they would think of me if I came to them to witness or to testify or to tell my story. And I just couldn't seem to get it out. Perfect love casts out all fear. I'm here to tell you the Spirit of God is here to tell you today that no matter what is going on around you in your life, if you will press into Jesus in your bedroom, in your home, if you will press into Him, He will fill you with such a love. There is not a virus on this planet. There is not a sin. There is, there is not a fear. There is not a, a, a battle that you cannot face because Jesus will be your strength. Jesus will be your helper. The early church, the book of Acts church, was fueled by people who unashamedly shared their story or their testimony, their witness, their experience of Jesus. The definition of a witness is one who, who gives evidence of things or people. We see the apostle Peter. We all know the story. The Peter who walked with Jesus. He heard him speak. He saw the life and ministry of Jesus, the Peter who walked on the water, the Peter who vowed to protect Jesus, and the Peter who denied him three times. Then on the day of Pentecost, Peter, the Bible says in, in Acts 2, 14, uh, on the day of Pentecost, when the day of Pentecost had fully come and they were all filled with the Spirit, it says, people began to mock and accuse the disciples of being drunk. Peter stands up. 
and boldly proclaims what he had seen and what he had witnessed. It says in Acts 2, 14, but Peter standing up with the 11, raised his voice and he says, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is that, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. You remember the prophet Joel? You remember what Joel had said? This is that which was spoken, and it shall come to pass in the last days. That I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall, see, shall dream dreams. And on your manservants and on your maidservants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, says the Lord. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth beneath. Blood and fire, vapor of smoke, the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Father, we thank you this morning that whoever calls on your name shall be saved. No matter from what background or what culture we're in, as we call upon your name, We'll be free as we call upon you in your name. The world around us can turn their back against you. But Father, we thank you that as we call upon your name, we will be saved. In Acts 3.11, here, Peter again, he's sharing what he had witnessed. Now as the lame man, Acts 3.11 says, Now as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, all the people ran to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's, greatly amazed. And so when Peter saw it, he responded to the people. And he says, men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why do you look so intently at us as if by our own power, this man was made whole? The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and Jacob, the God of our fathers glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied in the, in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the just and asked for a murderer to be granted to you and killed, listen, you killed the Prince of Life whom God raised up from the dead of whom we were witnesses. Peter was a witness not only to the life and ministry of Jesus. He was a witness not only to the fulfillment of what so many before him had foretold, but he was also a witness in person to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It says in verse 18, but those things which God foretold by the mouth of his prophets that Christ would suffer, he is thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Corinthians 13.1. It says, by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word should be established. The Bible the Word of God is filled with witnesses. Say witnesses. Say witnesses out there today. Testimonies and stories that establish God's reality. His witnesses are still alive today. I'm a witness. You're a witness. My family and I are witnesses to the incredible provision of God. 
Two years ago, we discovered that children don't stay small. Children actually grow up. And so we, we got together and we simply prayed. We said, Father, if, if, if we are called to continue in this space, traveling all over the world, all over America, then we, we need some more space. We're honored to do what we do, but we need some more space. The kids are growing up. We homeschool the kids. And so we need some more space. The Holy Spirit drops on our heart an RV. Now, RV, I don't know nothing about RVs. I don't even really care about RVs. But the Holy Spirit drops in my heart the need for an RV. To cut a long story short, we begin to believe God for an RV. While we were on tour in New Zealand in 2018, God begins the process to provide for us an RV. As we begin to look around America, as we begin to look at all the options out there, we began to discover that what we need is a what we need is a Mercedes-Benz Winnebago View 24J RV. Now, the only problem is this: is that a new one is 130 grand, and a second hand is around 80. We don't have either. So God drops in our hearts. He says, "If you can believe me for 40 grand cash, I will take care of the rest." So we begin to believe. We're believing. We're believing. Every time an RV would go past us, we say, Father, we believe, we receive, we receive. If an RV would go past us, we're driving through America, and we would not see, we would not see it, the kids would then uh, begin to say, we believe, receive, we believe, receive, we believe, receive. Two years ago, touring through my country, one of the pastors, we didn't ask him to do this, one of the pastor's there. He gets up and says, this family is touring all over New Zealand, all over the world, all over America. They're believing God for an RV. If you want to sow into them, you can. The offering comes in and it's $10,000 over and above what we normally get in the offering. $10,000. Come on, say $10,000 out there. So that's 10. We need 40. We're believing God for 40. We've got 10. Last year, we come here to this, to this country. We're in Memphis. We're done speaking here. The next day, uh, somebody asked us, would you like to come and speak at our home cell? I was tired, to be honest. I was like, we had to travel to Texas the next day, and I'm thinking, oh, I don't know if I want to go. The Holy Spirit says, get to the home cell. We get to the home cell. There's 15 people there. After we're done, we had an amazing time. After we're done, I'm walking out the door, and a husband and his wife are standing there with their checkbook open, and the husband says, here's $10,000, and we're going to start supporting you with $100 a month. Hello, everybody. That's 20 Two days later, we go to Texas. The pastor's wife, she gets up. We didn't, ask, we didn't ask for any of this. The pastor's wife, she gets up, and she says, if you want to support this family, they're believing God for an RV, do so. The offering comes in, and $15,000 comes in the offering. Come on, somebody. That's $10,000, $30,000, Hello, everybody. Nothing is too big for God. To cut a long story short, we've got the RV. It's parked out the back. We are witnesses to the provision of God. We are witnesses to God opening doors all over the world. And we, we don't call up pastors and ask them, can we come? No, we wait and allow for the Holy Spirit to open those doors. He's opened doors in Greece. He's opened new doors in Turkey. He's opened new doors for us to be what? To be witnesses of Jesus. Say, I am called. I would say, I was born. To be a witness 
Everybody here today has got a story to tell. You've got a story. I've got a story. And I see so many in the body of Christ confused about what they're supposed to do with their lives. Not sure. I'm living nine to five, but I'm not, I'm, I, I still don't know what I'm called to do. You were born to be a witness of Jesus, and you can be it on your job. You can be it in every sphere of influence. As you yield to the Holy Spirit, He'll make a way for you and I to share your story. We've all got a story to tell. We are witnesses to the incredible, miraculous power of God. Last year, we were in Ohio. A lady comes up after a time of worship. She says to me, she says to me, sir, can I talk? I said, sure. She says to me, last year you were at our church in a time of worship. And she says, as you were singing over me, the rain has fallen poor. As you were singing that song, I felt something come upon me and I felt something leave me. She said, the next day I go to the doctor. She said, I, I have been an epileptic for all my life. She says, the next day I go to the doctor and the doctor holds me for another two days just to figure out why there is no sign of epilepsy in her life. Jesus healed this woman of epilepsy. I can't explain it. I don't know how it all works. But as we sing, as we, as we simply yield ourselves as vessels, the Holy Spirit is able to work through us to breathe life into our cities, to breathe life into our communities, to breathe life into our families. We must not let the witness of heaven die. We must not allow the witness of our lives to just, uh, just be silenced. Revelations 12, 7 says that our witness has power. Say our witness. Say our witness has power. The Bible says in Revelations 7, 12, and it reminds us of the power. And it, the Bible says it's a weapon of warfare against the dragon. Say the Bible says, my witness is a weapon of warfare against the dragon. What do you mean? Well, let's have a look. Revelations 12, 7, and war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail. Nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil, and Satan who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren who accused them before God day and night has been cast down, and they overcame him. Listen to this today. Every family, every mother, every father, every leader, and they overcame him, the dragon, by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives unto death. It says, therefore rejoice. Rejoice. Oh, rejoice, O heavens, and all you who dwell in them. Woe, listen, woe to the inhabitants of the earth and sea. For the devil has come down to you, having great wrath, because he knows his time is short. The Bible says the dragon was cast where? The Bible says the dragon was cast to the earth. There is a dragon, family. There is a dragon that is roaming the earth today. 
And his one desire is to create chaos. His one modus operandi is to cause uh, 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 pain and suffering in all the earth. The Bible says he's like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, which means it doesn't mean he will devour, but if we don't cover ourselves with the blood, if we don't protect ourselves, we can be devoured. We must be vigilant. Say vigilant. We must be sober. Say sober. We must use the weapons that he's given us to defeat him in our lives. The blood of Jesus is a weapon. Your testimony, our witness is a weapon. And we must not be afraid. The Bible says they did not love their lives unto death. Not being afraid of dying is a weapon against the dragon. That same dragon came to Jesus. He came to Jesus. Luke 4, 5 to 8. Then the devil, taking him up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in one moment of time. And the devil said to him, listen carefully, the devil said to him, all this authority I will give you and their glory, for this has been delivered to me, and I give it to all whom I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. And Jesus answered and said unto them, get behind me, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and only him shall you serve. Jesus overcame the dragon for all humanity. And in his blood today, we are free. I'm going to tell you this morning that no virus has any power over you and your family because the Because the dragon who creates all this chaos, the dragon who manipulates and maneuvers society, who manipulates and maneuvers people who are not under the blood or the lordship of Jesus, this dragon has been defeated. If you have received Jesus as Lord and Savior, we are in this world, but you are not of it. You are in this world, but you're not a part of it. The Bible says we are pilgrims passing through a very strange land. We are citizens of heaven. We're not citizens of this land. It may come as a surprise to most of the people in America, but you need to understand that America is not the body of Christ. America is not the body of Christ. Only those who receive Jesus as Lord and Savior are the body of Christ. Israel as a nation is not even the body of Christ. Only those who receive Jesus as Lord and Savior are a part of the body of Christ. And if you are a member of the body of Christ, you are in this world, but you are not of this world. You are in this world, but you're not sustained by this world system. You are in this world, but you have another, another Abba. You have another Father. And my Bible says that He is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me by still waters. Wake up, body. Wake up, children of God. The dragon is working overtime to silence the body, to silence us from being witnesses. We must not be silent. Because the fields are white unto harvest. It's time to be bold. It's time to be courageous. 
It's time to lift up the name that is above every other name. The name that can heal. The name that can deliver. The name that can breathe life. The name that is above every other name. And Matthew 24, uh, 37, it says, But as the days of Noah were, so it will be before the coming of the Son of Man. For as, as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will be the coming of the Son of Man. The window, family, listen carefully. Everybody, stand up wherever you are right now. I want you to hear this. The Spirit of God wants you to hear what He's about to share with you today. The window, for the witness of heaven, the window for the witness of eternal salvation for humanity, the window for the opportunity for the world to hear the gospel and to repent and receive Jesus as Lord and Savior is coming to a close. As the days of Noah, it shall be. The end of an age is near. Whether you understand it or not, God is still in control. Our Father has a plan. Our Father has a purpose. Our Father is with us. And the body of Christ is to be in this world, but not of its system, in one moment. In one moment. Look at your world. Look at your world. Who would have thought six weeks ago, this, what we see here, could happen. In one moment, in a twinkling of an eye, things can change around us. In one second, all that we held to so dearly can be taken away. We must work while it is day because nighttime is coming. There is something more important, family, than influence. Oh, you go to every conference almost in America, you'll hear about influence. But I mean, the Spirit of God is here to tell you something. There's something more important than influence, and that is obedience to God and His Word. Obedience to the leading of the Holy Spirit. The Word says we've got to guard our hearts with all diligence. And in this time, the Spirit of God is crying out for His people to guard your heart. Guard your heart from fear. Guard your heart from insecurity. Guard your heart from discouragement. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. And as we close today, as we close together, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you this, this, the subject, the title of this message is Jesus cried out. Because Jesus is crying out. In Luke 8, 1 to 5, he talks about guarding your heart. Turn with me, if you would, to Luke 8, 1 to 5, as we close today. Because God is talking about guarding your heart. It's so urgent. It's an urgent sound. It's an urgent message today. It says in Luke 8, 1, 15, Now it came to pass afterward that he went through every city and village, preaching and bringing glad tidings of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him, and a certain woman who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom had come seven demons. And when a great multitude had gathered, and they had come to him from every city, he spoke a parable. Listen to this. 
Everybody today, please, if there's any, listen to these words. And a sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trampled down. And the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on a rock, and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. But others fell on good ground. Say good ground. Say good ground out there. Say good ground. And sprang up and yielded a crop a hundredfold. And when he had said these things, listen carefully. This is, this is deep. And when Jesus had said these things, he cried. He cried. He cried. He that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit of God is saying. He that has an ear to hear this morning, can you hear what the Spirit of God is saying to all of us? Then his disciples asked him and said, what does the parable mean? You may be asking that this morning. What does this mean? Well, we're going to look at this. It says in in, uh, verse 11, it says, now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Say the seed. Say the seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes, listen very carefully, then the devil comes, the dragon comes, and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. Lucifer, the devil, the dragon, Satan, whatever you want to call him, does not want you and I to believe the Word of God. He doesn't want us to believe what was foretold. He doesn't want us to believe what has been spoken. He wants us to believe another word. And there's plenty of other words out there. There is a, there is a lot of different words we can believe. He says, those by the wayside are the ones who hear Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. Lucifer doesn't want you to believe, and he doesn't want you to be saved. But I'm here to tell you that if you believe, you will be saved. You and your household, you can stand on God's word. But the ones, verse 13, but the ones on the rock are those who when they hear, they receive the word with joy, and these having no root, who believe for a while, and in time, in the time of temptation, they fall away. You could say we're living in a time of temptation. We're living in a time where there's a tempest all around us. What are we going to do, church? Body, what are we, are we going to fall away? Are we going to stop believing that God is who He says He is and can do everything He said He can do? Verse 14, now the ones that fell among the thorns are those who When they heard, listen carefully, this is for America. This is for New Zealand. This is for the Western world in general, the church. This is for the church. This is for the body. Listen. Now the ones that fell among the thorns are those who, when they have heard, they go out and are choked. Say choked. By what? What are they choked by? They're choked by the cares. They're choked by riches. They are choked by pleasures of life, and they bring no fruit to maturity. But the ones that fell on good ground are those who, listen, how many, how many today you want, your, you want your life to be somebody 
that when the seed comes, it falls on good ground. Lift your hands if that is you out there. I see so many hands out there today. But the ones who fell on good ground are those who, having heard the word, listen carefully, when they hear the word with a noble, say noble, and a good heart, say good heart, they keep it and bear fruit with patience. It is so important for all of us to understand that as God's body, as his children in the earth, for us to be who he's called us to be, we have got to have a noble and a good heart. Only one heart is able to hold and be all that God has called them to be. Only one heart is able to bear fruit to maturity. Only one heart is able to be patient through the tough times. Only one heart is able to uh, walk through the doors that God has opened. And that is a, a noble and a good heart. What heart are you? What heart are you? What heart am I? What heart? What heart are we? Which ground are we today? Are we the ones by the wayside? Are we the ones on the rock? Are we the ones on the thorns where the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and pleasures have brought little or, or no fruit to maturity? Or... Are we the ones with a noble and a good heart? Oh, the Spirit of God is here to, to, to encourage us here today. We were born for this hour. We were made for this moment. Oh, the Bible is uh, time after time. The Word of God says that trials and tribulations will come. But that is not the end. That is not the end. Trials and wars and famines will come. But that is not the end of the story. If you believe in God, if you believe His Word, if you have have a good and a noble heart, you will stay strong in the toughest moments of your life. You will be a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden. And the Spirit of God is crying out, he that has an ear to hear, will he not hear? You've got a choice today. How you get through this moment, you have a choice. You say, oh, no, it's the government's problem. Oh, no, it's the pastor's problem. The pastor can only sow. The pastor can only help you. It's your choice whether you take this word and believe it for yourself. I'm here to tell you that what we're seeing around us is a foreshadow of things to come. What we're seeing around us is a foreshadow of a moment where things can close completely. And if we don't have our lives founded on a personal and an intimate relationship with God through Jesus, we can be fodder, chicken fodder for the dragon. Jesus is crying out. Jesus is calling for his body to rise and to stand and to be witnesses of a Jesus who saved you and called you and delivered you. Is he real? Is he real for you? Is he real in your life? Now's the moment. Now's the time. Jesus cried out. He cried out. Can everybody just stand wherever you're at today? And repeat after me. Say, Heavenly Father, 
I acknowledge your word that nothing is a surprise to you. What you foretold would be is coming to pass. Your word says perilous times. We're living in perilous times. But we're not afraid. We understand that you are our shepherd. We shall not want. You make us to lie down in green pastures. And you lead us by still waters. You have commissioned us, your body, to be witnesses of Jesus. I have a story. Help me to be bold. Help me to be courageous. Help me to be loyal and obedient to you. Public opinion is not my source of inspiration. You and you alone. I give my heart afresh to you today. And I pray that you would help me to be a witness for Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want to share a final song with you from the album. Just to listen, you can hear. And it, again, it's called Abba. And when I sing this song, I pray that the words would speak and remind you of a father that loves you and cares about every part of your life. It's called Abba. Abba, Father in heaven. I run to your presence, you are all I need. I've been forgiven, I am accepted, you are my righteousness. I've been forgiven, I am delivered, you are my hiding place, oh God. So I run to you, I reach for you, sing this with me if you can, come on, I'm the shepherd of my heart, defender of my are everything I've been forgiven 
I am accepted. You are my righteousness. I've been adopted. I am delivered. You are my hiding place. Oh, God, sing it out. So I can come to Sing it out, I run. So I run to you. I reach for you. I run to you. believe your word is true and we run to you with all of our hearts today we thank you that you're watching over us help us to be bold help us to be courageous and help us to be everything that you've called us to be in jesus name bless you all thank you for having us it's an honor to be here every time we come we have 11 countries we're supposed to go to there's a lot of stuff sort of up up in the air but, but we believe in that we're going to be still able to go. Get a hold of the album. This album has nine new songs on it from heaven. There's a lot of stuff you can listen to. Turn it on. I believe it will inspire you, challenge you, lead you to a deeper, deeper walk with him. Bless you. We love you all. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277.